And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, thank you for tuning in again to the Weighing In Podcast, where Josh Thompson and I are going to be talking about some of the upcoming fights. We've got the PFL coming up with Anthony Pettis once again against Stevie Ray. And we've got the UFC with Jamal Hill taking on Thiago Santos. Should be a good fight. We're going to talk about that and a bunch of other stuff going on in the world of combat sports. My man is still sitting in his backyard waiting for those rabbits to get done. <laughs> they are getting after it. Let me just tell you, since the last time I saw you guys, they've had a litter of 23 to 25 kids. And they're reproducing again already, just like they were the other day behind my my right shoulder. <laughs> It was great, man. It was like, actually there was a ton of people in the comments because I do read the comments. You guys all know that the ones that are hardcore listeners, and I go through and I'll, occasionally I'll just comment on something. But someone goes, "Hey, were those rabbits doing the dot 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 dot?" <laughs> just left the. It was so great. Um, but you're right. We've got some big time fights coming up. We've got uh, Anthony Pettis making a return against someone who actually beat him against submitted him, submitted him, which is very. It's not easy to do. Pettis may be one of those guys who is extremely talented. He's good all the way around. And obviously, former champion WEC, former UFC champion, trying to become the PFL champion. Um, but he's one of those guys you just can't. Submitting him is kind of like the guys have grinded him out and held him down. But I, I don't recall him ever being submitted. Can you recall someone submitting him? No. I don't, not I don't recall someone submitting him. So it could be. Look, we'll Dave, we'll, pull up his record real quick. I want to find something yeah. else because this it, it is weird when you when you look at it because he is a super talented guy. Oh gosh! Yeah. But what what? What's that? Three sub losses. Three yeah. Okay, three yeah, submission losses. Yeah. Scroll down. Okay. So scroll down to his. Is that pre WC and pre UFC? Where is well, it? this is my whole thing is well, Stephen Ray was one, but one, Eagle two, Fierro. three. Hold on. Keep going down. Diego Fierro. Four. Beat Michael Chiesa. And beat Michael Chiesa with a submission. Dustin Poirier beat crazy. him with a submission. Yeah, Dustin oh, Poirier beat him with a Triangle. Body triangle. What the hell is that? Must have got a body truck maybe on his back. What? Yeah. No, yeah. he didn't tap You know, the Shoney, the Shoney Carter. No, remember? I, I do actually recall that. I think his... Oh, no, that was the last fight against Stephen Ray where his rib popped out. Yeah. He hurt his rib. Yeah, that Keep was going. the Stephen Ray thing. Yeah, no, that's it. He only had three. Right? That's it right there. That's yep. fine. Yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey. Uh, all right. Well, look. Before we get too much into the fight and the breakdowns, uh, I am still in Texas, as you guys all can see behind me, um, at the house, and I'm on this makeshift table, and um, <laughs> it's great, man. We had we. I I didn't like. You don't realize how big Texas is. Until oh, I no, started no. driving, Pe oh. people do realize how big. Texas I just don't. Is. Then I just I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Okay, I don't. I can drive to like I can drive to Nevada in like you know three four hours from oh, my yeah. place in in California. Yeah, Here, you can't drive across Texas in three no. or four hours. <laughs> There's no way. It was like I drove. I drove uh, from Vegas to to just from Vegas to Texas was like I don't know six hours. Maybe longer, seven hours, something like that. But then from Texas, from from the state line to Dallas, 
was another six hours, almost seven hours. You're like, I split my, my, my drive in half and it was hilarious. Anyways, you don't realize how far it is until how, how big Texas is until you're trying to drive the middle of it. Um, the weather has been, the weather's cooled down the last two days. It hasn't been extremely hot, but it's been hot. That or that or I'm getting used to it, which might be the, the case. Um, went fishing yesterday, caught, caught a big, uh, big catfish, caught a big, um, uh, bass also. Very nice. I mean, what I mean by big is the catfish was probably 13, 14 inches long, probably four pounds fat, little fat piece of shit. Fucking thing was like, (laughs) it was plump like podcast Dave. He was showing you your future. (laughs) Yeah. And then the bass, the bass was, was a pretty good size too. I'd say 12, 13 inches. Pretty good. It's all catch and release because I'm looking at it. That I, that I live in it um it's all um they've got 19 little like lakes that are all filled with fish and then it's all just catch and release that's pretty cool man that's good cool pretty cool little setup i'm liking it so far i go to this little place the only thing i don't like so far is the coffee spots man they don't open till like seven i'm like who the fuck it's seven o'clock like dude like i'm up by like four thirty seven o'clock the day, day is half done yeah, I'm like, what the? F-? I'm like, I'm already ready for my nap. I need coffee <laughs> earlier than that. This is ridiculous. Well, that's why when you guys see me at 7 a.m. in Texas drinking a fucking Coke, it's because there's no coffee open place. I have to drive all. I have to drive like another 20 minutes just to get coffee at Dutch Brothers to the drive-through. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I ain't getting up that early. So well, the two so, the two coffee no, places no, I like stop, closed. Stop, stop. Nah. Okay, this is what's wrong with you. Okay, I've got to go to the Dutch Brothers, or I've got to go to Phil's, which I don't blame you. Phil's is fantastic. Of course but it is. Josh, my man, when I want coffee, there's a gas station right down the road. I go to the gas station. Nah, that's right. Get, it's right there. Yeah. Always yeah, there, yeah. always open. Coffee. Yeah. John, get, you know what? The, release I, the prude. I, I knew this is why I kept you around for great ideas like this. I'm telling you guys, I'm just, sometimes I wonder, I just question myself why I keep okay, Big John around. I don't, I don't then, have you know that what? Guy. then he comes out with something like this, just absolute brilliant. I love it. You know, I'm going to start, I'm going to start calling you before I'm, yeah, just for more the, advice. I'm here, I'm here for you, yes. brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, meanwhile, podcast day was in Maui for the last, uh, uh, I don't even what, want to talk to him. Seven days. I don't want to talk nerve, to him. I don't want to talk about him. He's yeah. complaining. Oh, his flight was delayed an hour. Oh, oh my God. Gosh. Welcome to our Jesus. world. <laughs> you travel with a nine-month-old and a three-month-old. Oh, yeah. We've never me. done that. Don't hey. tell me yeah, you well. travel. Hey. What the hell do you think we've Dave, done our whole lives? Dave, all, you yeah. got all the benefits to making those babies. Enjoy them, okay? I don't want to hear any complaints. <laughs> I don't want to hear any complaints right now, buddy. Uh, you got all the benefits to it. So, uh, but then how was Maui, brother? It, I, it's a little humid um, over there as well right now, but I mean, you guys stayed at a nice little resort. I saw it was beautiful, man. The, your view yeah. was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, we, um, so. <clears throat> we did the Hana drive. So, um, we stayed at a resort on the mm-hmm. Lahaina side, I think Kanapoli and then, um, Kanapali. Kind of Bali. Dude, come on, My man, God, you Scottish, Scottish guy. Talk to a Scottish guy here. Yeah, come on. I can, I can barely say Texas yeah. properly. Uh, <laughs> so great. So, uh, and then we drove around. We did the map, the Hannah Drive. We stayed in Hannah for uh, one night. We, you know, a full day and then a, a full next day. Um, and just, you know, I don't know if you guys have been there, but there's nothing. Oh there. yeah. So just it's beautiful. Man. The beaches. It's, the it's road beautiful. to Hannah. Yeah. Mm. Nice. A lot yeah. of waterfalls. We yeah, did the, uh, I went, 
I went with uh, Rich. I went with Rich Chow last night and his family and stuff. We went out to the Texas Rangers game. That stadium is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Holy shit, that stadium is yeah. nice. I mean, you can see the game from anywhere on any deck, like the full. Yeah, it's just open. It's just the like only all- problem with it is they play baseball there. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, it's yeah. a, it was it was honestly fun. They got blown out. I think it was like seven one when we left or six one when we left. I think, but it was it was fun. Um, there's a little cool little restaurant right outside. There's a bunch of them, but there's one little cool one that we were at. We stopped in and got some good food. The food here is fucking spectacular. And I've never, John, I've never been a fried chicken person, but I mean, tell you right now, Texas may make me one oh, because geez. they do this uh, honey dusted like fried chicken. Fuck. So I'm just, a little bit of sweet chili. Oh well, no! What we're talking about, and this is why I said, as soon as you move there, that catfish, oh. the pounds, dude, you're you're putting them on, baby. <laughs> first off, Texas food is they got some great food, it and was, the, yeah. the portions, yeah, are large. We've been well, like you just called me bougie, but I've been to a couple bougie at the restaurants, so the portions aren't as large at the bougie restaurants, but they're yeah, just I don't as go expensive. Restaurants. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But then they they had a really good um uh not pulled pork uh brisket uh brisket breakfast tacos oh tacos. yeah oh yeah fuck it was so good John my mouth just was I was just, just talking about it right now my mouth is watering I'm like holy shit it wasn't so far from my house I'd go every day but it was it's so far it's at the, the star which is, is about twenty minutes away twenty five minutes away. The humidity makes you sweat more, so you'll lose more weight. So you just run run off the fried chicken. I love your I love your logic, but it's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my diet is pizza and fried chicken, and I'm closest to a six pack I've ever been. So yeah, this is great. No, you run a lot though, buddy. You run. Don't try to kid it. I mean, it's all like sub. You know, it's all it's all over eight minute miles, but whatever, we get it. Um, it's all all sub twelve minute miles, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, sub twelve minutes. So yeah, you run you run five miles at one hundred ten and get like giving that pace, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's super easy. Super easy. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Uh, all right. Well, hey, let's. Uh, we talked enough about having some fun. Dave enjoyed Maui. I'm enjoying Texas. Big John's enjoying the heat in Tennessee. Ooh. And uh, Miss McCarthy's demanding request to get things done around the house. So let's go ahead <laughs> and get started true. on the podcast. It's so great. <laughs> oh, I just text when I can't get a hold of you. I text her. I'm like, hey, what do you have him working on today? She's like, well, he's building me this. He's building me that. I was like, start laughing. I'm like, Man, can you get a break? Nope. Can you get no a break? No breaks. She's like, yeah, me. to film the podcast, you can get a break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's get right into the PFL. PFL, Anthony Pettis and uh, Stephen Ray, man. It's a rematch. Yeah, it is a rematch. Yeah. You know, it's. I'm going to say, it. first off, I, I love both guys. I love Anthony Pettis. Stevie Ray put on a great performance in his last fight. But this is what's wrong with the PFL. It's the same as Bellator's rankings. Ridiculous. <laughs> eh, it's all fucking ridiculous. This, you, know, you wonder why. You get a freaking clue. How do you have a guy make the playoffs? And, and I love Anthony. I'm not saying that. But he's in the playoffs and is put against the guy who just submitted him. Does that make sense? Does that make your playoffs sound logical? It doesn't. It, makes them, it just makes them look stupid. And it makes your whole concept look stupid. Because, Josh... It's stupid. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I'm, you have people I'm, in last season, they had Chris Camozzi beats the guy 
who fucking goes into the playoffs and Chris Camozzi doesn't. It's like, it's just yeah, dumb. That's weird. that's weird to me. That's weird to me. But then I also look at it kind of like it's the last part of the of the NFL season. Those guys at the end, they they play against each other, and then they still play against each other in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Kind of like this, that. No. It's, come on. that's This is not the NFL, and it's not fucking football. This is fighting. Both of these guys' last fight was against who? Each other. I think each other. I think each other, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a, how, but, Josh, how do you say, oh, we're going to have an immediate rematch in a fight where the guy that you expected to win, mm-hmm. he got submitted, and, and it yep. was a clean submission. It was a clean win. How does that garner an immediate rematch? Yeah, see here, John, this is this is kind of, I think, how, it, this is what baffles me a little bit. It's not like, they can they can choose, as a promotion, they can choose to move them all around. Like in the NFL, oh, yeah. right, it, they have their way that they always do their their, their playoff setup. I, I don't follow the PFL enough to know how they actually make their, their, their uh, playoff setup, but I believe they can choose. I think it's still the number one, whoever the number one guy is, fights faces the last guy, but I think they can still choose. There's only, what, four people? Yeah. Four or eight people in the in the playoff, I believe. Anyways, so these ones are in the playoffs, and then, I mean, look, if when I look at this fight, let's just talk about the fight, because I, I, John can go on all day about how their stuff is not is not right. It, the thing is, is they are the PFL. They can do whatever they want. They don't have to make these um, adjustments um, to try and give Pettis his his automatic rematch. I look at it as like this this fight would have been better had it been had they both made it to the finals. Yeah, that would have been nice. That, that would have been, been nice. fine. But I think they want to try to capitalize in situations like this. They want to try to capitalize on the fact that one, they just will the outcome be different? It's like oh, we just saw that fight. But if you go back and watch that fight, John Pettis was having his way with him. He wasn't having his way. Let me take that back. He yeah, wasn't okay. having his way, but he he was he was ahead. He was you out striking he was him. Winning, he was it, touching it, him up. It was it was a competitive fight. Mm-hmm. It, it was competitive. I'm not saying was, that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that Anthony Pettis wasn't possibly winning the fight. I can't say I wasn't the judge there, and but I would say that yes, he was ahead. But it doesn't. Nothing here garners the the reason to say oh we should have an, a, a rematch where these guys go right back because this is the playoffs then your playoffs are a mess yeah if like you said anthony and stevie ray end up in the finals against each other in a rematch hey i'm the first person to say no, that's great that's awesome but yeah. in this position no it makes no sense it's stupid uh, so I've noticed though that companies like the PFL that won uh, Bellator, we get a lot more flack for things that we think that we're doing properly. When in fact we're doing it basically the same way that the UFC is doing it, but we just don't we don't get the credit for doing it that way, and or we're trying to do it better than what the UFC is doing it, and that goes for all of them across the board. And we still get a lot of flack for it. So it doesn't matter what the it doesn't matter what the promotions do outside of it. They're always going to get criticized. I'll give you an example, like. We put a lot of focus because I want to clarify some of this that happened the other day. Uh, when we did our show is we have to clarify that. The, yeah, you're right. The UFC does take their rankings from, from the media because we were saying that I think you said that they didn't, but they do. But what yeah, they but don't they do though, it. exactly, exactly. And I've had conversations with the people at Bellator and we've had these conversations about, Hey, 
why don't we do the same thing? Why don't we do so Because we can't. Because the media will say, hey, we didn't do that. Hey, we didn't do that. And what are you going to do? Bellator can't shut them out. PFL can't shut the media out like as if the UFC can. <clears throat> so you run into a problem where the media then will start questioning your rankings and what the, what the level is. But here's the problem. The reason why the rankings suck so bad in the Bellator, in Bellator or any other uh, situation, any other promotion that has these rankings and they allow the media to do it is because those media people don't actually fucking watch the fights. They just talk, they, and it's, it's, they just proved it by having Alexander Shabley ranked behind Brent Premis after he just knocked him out one, that, the last fight between each other. That yeah. just proved it to me. Okay. There's other fighters in there as well. I think Tofik is, Tofik is ranked, is, is right there ranked with Sydney Outlaw after he just finished him in 19 seconds or 29 seconds. It's all these things make a big difference. Bellator is being, you know, Bellator is basically saying, Hey, I can't allow, or we can't, we can't change the rankings because the media, we want it to be independent. Well, the UFC is independent as well from their rankings from the media, but they still know how are you going to, if Dana White saw these guys ranked behind it, he'd be like, fuck, you can't do that. He would change it. We don't do that. We allow the media to go ahead and continue to, I'd love to know who these freaking media so guys then are. Let's ju- I'd then really let's- like to know. Then let's do this. Let's let's pat Dana on the back and say, "Way to go, Dana! At least you got the common sense to do that the right way." Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and the thing is, like I said, but there's a lot more criticism from for, uh, for other promotions, like one oh, of PFL, and for yeah. us, and for Bellator, and this and that. So it's it's a it's a shitty situation to be in. They're trying to do it as best they can, but they don't get the love because it's like, oh, you're not the UFC. But like you said, Dana and them, and, and not just Dana, but the, the organization, they, they change their rankings to fit what is right. And that's, you gotta, you gotta, like you said, pat them on the back and let them know, like, hey, th- this is the way it's supposed to look. I don't mind if you would have just changed Premise and Shabli, you know, around and made it one behind. I, I'd be okay with that. Whatever. But he's ranked ahead of them. I'm like, this is not even, I don't understand it. Anyways. Let's get back into the Stephen Ray fight and the Pettis fight before I keep going on about our fucking rankings. Well, then let's go back to the first our fight that they had. Our rankings piss me off. Okay, <laughs> let's go back go to the back. first fight. All right. And you said that, oh, Anthony Pettis was walking away dominating. No, he was not. He was winning pretty He was right. winning, okay. but he wasn't dominating him. Stevie Ray was getting his, his moments in there. Anthony had his moments. But when it hit the ground, look, Stevie Ray did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yeah, he got that win and he got that submission and it was a good submission and you got to give him credit. You got to say, hey, you know, maybe this is that one fight and similar to Juliana Pena against Amanda Nunez. Maybe it wasn't Anthony's night and the next one will be and it'll be a different outcome. But I just, again, take a look and say. This is a fight that should happen if they're going to have it happen, then these both these guys win their way to the finals. Mm-hmm. For it to happen, it just doesn't make sense to me to have it here. But, you know, what happens when Stevie Ray, and, and this is my co- question to you, what happens when Stevie Ray beats him again? What does that do to Anthony Pettis in the PFL? I don't know. I mean, he's making a lot of money. And he's yeah, he's making a lot of money. So who, who are you ever going to look at Anthony Pettis and say, this guy should be the champion in the PFL sometime because it's a new season? Would you want to see him against Stevie Ray a third time if Stevie Ray beat him the second time? 
Yeah, but John, you have to remember this. Every year we watch the same fucking football teams play and the same basketball teams I don't, play. This is not football. Same I shit. Don't, it, it, no, because football ch- teams change every year. Every year, so there's new fighters. players. So is their skills. Their fighters and skill uh, level changes every year. That's the point of well, being okay, a fighter. The, well, okay, John, well, then, then you're, you're saying everything of, we be, need to know. You're you're being like Podcast Dave. Came in here with all this negative energy from Maui, I swear. I don't know what's going on today. Okay? You bring bring the juice, baby. Bring the bring the good stuff. Look, I agree with you. It is it does get a little frustrating, but when you only have a certain like John, let's go back into this. Five they they only have a handful of fighters at a level that can compete at a good level. And, and it's no different with Bellator. I'd say our top five, six fighters can hangle. I, and I will always say this. Did you say hang? Not in every weight class. I said hang, hang. I meant <laughs> you to said say hang. <laughs> can hang with, can hang with any, any other fighters in any other promotion. But it's only the top five or six. You get past that. It's just we're not deep enough. And the PFL is even less deep. They've got like a top three, four. It's the same guys always in the finals. Ray Cooper and... Uh, Magomed Karamov, they're all in the same. Those guys are in the finals almost every single time, or you know, and they're always in the playoffs. You're gonna have Rory always in the playoffs. You know, you're always gonna have Pettis in the playoffs. They're always gonna be there, whether it happens for them that night or not. You know, it's up. I guess it's how much they've evolved their game from season to season. I don't know, but this is what you're gonna get with the PFL because they're not deep enough. Like no different than Bellator outside of like. The top six or eight. Now, when we do our tournaments, we do them based off the fact that those divisions at the time are the deepest. We did bantamweights. Now, look what we're doing. I would almost, I would want to bet. I don't want to bet, but don't I would almost it. be, I would don't think so too, that lightweight would be next because it's so stacked. The lightweight division in Bellator is becoming stacked. Just a year ago, there was like one person or two people that I was like, man, these guys are good. But those two people, they wouldn't even have a division. Now you got Tofik. Now you've got Shabli. Now you've got Usman. Now you've got these other two guys that we signed that are really good. You've got all these guys. I'm like, you got Patrick. You got, I would like to even throw Patricio in that mix if he wanted to be in there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you've got good guys though at 55. So, anyways, this is one of those situations you're going to end up. There's not, they're not stacked in the division. So it's like you're going to end up with the same guys. Lance, Lance Palmer, he's been there how many times? He's won it twice. He's been to the finals multiple times. He's been in the in the playoffs almost every single time. Um, you know, you got Bubba, Bubba Jenkins. So one day maybe Bubba may win it, but we're gonna see. He continues to get better. He does get better as he gets older. He seems to be like fine wine. He seems to keep getting better. So he's doing well. Um, with Pettis, it, I think you just gotta find the fire with him. Okay, that's all. I think in that in that first fight, I think he realized the mistakes he made. He seemed really relaxed in that position where he thought he was gonna be able to just kind of hang out and get out and it didn't happen and next you know he's getting he's getting submitted and i think that was a more a more of a rib thing than it was an actual like no i think um, he got hurt yeah so yeah. so all those be- things being said i think i think you're gonna see a motivated anthony pettis to get this win and see if he can get this uh win this uh tournament yeah at least get into the finals uh who else is there i would uh, i would love to see him do well uh, i love anthony pettis fighter i'm just i go back to the the, the concept of why and why put this fight together. Look, Stevie Ray had a great win in the first one. We'll see what happens in this one. But at least Stevie Ray's got to be going into this with confidence. He's been in there with him. He knows. And I think that Anthony knows, hey, I need, I need to be smart. I need to keep this on the feet. I need to, to move like I was moving. Use my stand-up and just pick him apart in the fight. If he does that, he can come away at the win. 
But Stevie yeah. Ray, no, he knows he knows the blueprint to beat him too now. So, yeah. Um, Dave, am I too bright? Uh, or is you, it? Uh, yeah. you are a little bright. Yeah. What's what's going on in your background, Dave? No, the nothing. Is, the up. sun's coming up. Oh. See, last, uh, last... Is this your way of bragging? Is this your way of bragging? Uh, no, no, no. La- I hope last you guys week. are home. Here comes the sun. Dun dun dun. Now he's trying to do this. Yeah, look at the bragging here. Oh, the yeah. sun is about look too at bright. My pool. Oh, it's so beautiful here in Texas. Look at oh, my look, pool. Look oh, at my pool. look at my gorgeous pool. These guys. Hey, Josh, put your put your hand over the camera, um, and then bring it away, and it may just refocus. There oh, we go. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Look at the big brains on podcast, Dave. I th- I think I think we may just we may just leave us in the show because it's gonna yeah. be uh No, please don't. It's the only compliment <laughs> this is the only compliment he's ever gonna get from me. Jesus guy. Alrighty, 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 alrighty. So what other fights are on this card, buddy? Alright, let's go down here. Oh Akhmedov. Omari Akhmedov versus uh Joshua Silvera. Yeah. That's a good fight. Joshua Silvera is a good fighter. He's a tough dude. He's undefeated at this point. His last fight, well, I think it was against Hamlet. Um, this is one of those ones we've seen Amari Akhmedov. He's strong. He's powerful. If he can be the hammer and just put pressure and force mm-hmm. you know, Silvera back, he's got a good chance of winning the fight. But Joshua Silvera... He's, he understands what he's good at. I think he's going to use a lot of lateral movement. He's going to do good things to, uh, you know, create situations. And if there's one thing, you know, his last fight was a, uh, you know, I want to say that he he hurt uh, Hamlet with a knee. I think, I think he brought a knee up and then finished him off. Amari does that many times getting in the clinch. He'll bring his head to the side. And so look for, you know, Silviera to do the same thing, but. This is this is a good matchup. I understand why it's, you know it's there. It's an interesting matchup as far as stylistically. These guys they're they're different. They both have their ways of winning this. It's in my opinion, Akhmedov has to he has to be the bully in the fight, and it has to work yeah. for him. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, Akhmedov is tough. He's someone that will just he like you said he will he bully. He yep. will bully. He will walk yeah. you down, throw big shots. He will wrestle a little bit. He will try to get this fight to the ground, but he will land the big shots. He will throw. And I've noticed that with a lot of a lot of uh, Eastern Bloc fighters. They will come out throwing big heat, hoping to get you to duck your head. And when you do, they get to the front headlock or they get into the clinch, they get into the wrestling. They throw a lot of heavy shots because they know they've got good cardio. majority of them focus so much on their conditioning and just constantly working out. That they're used to these type of positions of being being able to push someone back against the fence. He will grind on you, but he's got. I think he's got the power advantage. I think he's also got the wrestling advantage for the top position, and he's the better wrestler slash grappler. No, I so agree for that fight. Akhmedov is a tough at two and at two o five. I mean, I, these guys. Because normally for, he was fighting UFC was fighting at one eighty five. Was he? he? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it was 205. Dave, did he fight, check that? He fought Weidman. Was that at 185 or 205? Maybe. Did he? Maybe it was 185. Here, um, I need to click on the actual fight card to bring it up. So let me just do that. All right. Um, I think it was middleweight, yeah. Oh, it yeah. was middleweight. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-mm-mm. Well, 
huh? I mean, but he is somebody that that will bully people around. He will try to put you back on your back foot and try yeah. to get those takedowns and land the big shots. He'll stand. He's got power, so that'll be that'll make for a very fun fight. Um, Aubrey Mercer, Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. Aboon Mercier, Aboon Mercier. Yeah, he's going to try to do what he does. I, I hate to say it, people are going to say it. it's, you know, he's a good wrestler. And people are going to say he's going to wrestle fuck him. Well, that's his way of getting the win. And, you know, and he's, if he gets to the top position, he is a beast on top. He's hard to move. He's got good base and balance. You know, Alex Martinez, we've seen. You know, Alex got the win against, uh, God damn it, was it a Pettis? I'm trying to remember Alex's win that got him in the. Who did Alex beat? I just lost my mind. It wasn't. I don't think it was Pettis. It wasn't Pettis. I don't think so. Clee Collard. Clay Collar. Clay Collar. And he beat Stephen Ray as well. And he yeah. beat Stephen Ray. Woo. Yeah, but the Clay Collar fight was the one that, that was that split decision and stuff. So Guess it was fire, a good fight man. back and forth. It was good. He beat but, Stephen Ray and Clay Collard. Yeah. Ooh, Alex Martinez, like, man. What's he he's good. Done? He, he, the whole thing is he's got to have his takedown defense on point, keep, you know, Mercier from being able to put him on his back. If he's on his back, he's losing. If he's not on his back, he's probably going to be winning this fight. His stand-up is, is cleaner. It's better. So it's this is a matter of who's able to control the position of the fight. Yeah, OAM's got to get uh, push the pace, put him on his back foot. But he's not a, he's not a fast-paced fighter. He's got to wrestle him. He's gotta re- yeah. I would say, like you said, wrestle fuck him. But he can yeah. stand. It's not like it's not like OAM's got bad stand up. He just shouldn't stand for too long and get into these big exchanges. Yeah. You know, it'd be like podcast Dave can throw one punch at me. Okay, but he probably shouldn't throw two because you know, I mean I'll just jack his ass up. <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, so I mean it, it look, but John, when you when we talked about to start off this uh this segment about the PFL, this is why you watch those fights. Like Alex Martinez this year he's gonna probably get into the finals if he beats OAM, which I think he's gonna. I think he will. He'll outpoint him, try to stick and move, stay off his back. He'll do those things. He'll probably be able to try and get back up to his feet quite a bit. All of those things. How much better will he be next year? Because he's fought the, these same guys. He knows what to expect. The, the the understanding of what the fighters, um, what who you're fighting, and understanding. Their their timing, their speed, all of those things can make for great fights. I really feel like certain fights, like you look at all the trilogy fights that ended up being great fights, is because you already knew how fast they were. You kind of already knew how hard they hit. You knew you could take their punch. You knew like wh- like mistakes you could make and things you had to do. And then your game plan slightly changed here or there. It's up to these fighters though to, to deliver. And that's the biggest thing is... You know your opponent. There's no reason for you not to go out there and try and fucking knock their block off because you already know what they're good at. So I'm just trying to do the. I'm trying to be the positive side today, okay? Boy, John's you are the negative, Nancy. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to bring the positive side to this to this show today. Uh, no, it's just it really. I feel like these fighters need to understand. You know them. Go out there and let it hang out. And if you come up short, guess what? Next year is still still around. It's just right there. And I know you don't want to lose now, but like in the UFC, right? You may get one shot. Be at Bellator. You may get one shot at a title. And if that shot's gone, like Sydney Outlaw, 
He just lost his chance of the title. He may never get back there, John. That's true. This, if Sidney Alwa was in the PFL, he'd be there every single year. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like no consequences. Oh, I lost. You know what? I'll see you next year. It's, that's the, I guess that's the only dig I have on it. Sometimes these guys are not taking advantage of that and going, you know what? Next year, I'm going to be better. I'm going to win that fucking thing. And the year after that, I'm going to win that thing again and just start stacking money. Some of them are like, oh, man, I came up short. You know what? There's always next year. That's the problem with the, that's the problem with the PFL setup when you're talking about fighters. Uh, that's what I think the problem is that you someone have some same somewhat of a similar problem with when you get into the uh, into the major leagues, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whether it's it's the same type of shit. These guys are like, oh, you know what? Next year, I wasn't feeling it today. I'm going to sit out. Oh, my thumb hurt. I'm not going to play basketball today. You know, so, I mean, it could be this way as well with the, with the PFL. These guys got to start stepping up and fighting a little bit harder. I know they're fighting their asses off. Some of them, they show it every single time. And some of them, I think, in the back of their mind go, you know what? Today's not my day. I'm going to fight next year. And not all of them. I'm, I'm being a little, now I am being a little more. Oh, like a little negative nasty there. Right Thank there. you very much. But these, all of these fighters should know exactly who they are fighting because they've probably seen them before. But not only seen them, but they've been in the cage with them before in this repetitive, in this repetitive, uh, playoffs pitcher type thing. So let it all hang out, man. These are the best fights. This is your opportunity to shine in the playoff pitcher. And so I want these guys to, to fight their asses off. I saw in that, that last round, it was, uh, Mercer versus, uh, Fol- but hold, uh hold on. And this, this, this who was the sense. winner last? Do me a favor, Dave. Pull up Mercier. Yeah. His last see. fight. Yeah. When he when he fought the when he fought the guy who won it last year, but they were yeah, both in the playoffs. Yeah, Raj Monfield was horrible, Fio. horrible fight. Yeah, they just stood around. They were both in the playoffs. Okay, so then tell me, just answer me this, and this is what I'm talking about with the PFL, is OAM has two wins this season in the PFL. Alex Martinez has two wins this season in the PFL. Pettis and Stevie Ray are one and one. Why are you having the guys that are undefeated in your season against each other and the guys that are one and one against each other? True. This is true. They pick and choose. They pick and choose. They pick and choose. Yep. They want this fight. Mm-hmm. You may you may see OAM versus Pettis, which uh, I don't know, man. Pettis Should it not back. be? You know, I don't. It, Either way, it should it should actually be Pettis mm-hmm. should be fighting Martinez hmm. because oh you got OAM he hasn't fought Stevie Ray Stevie Ray fought both Pettis and fought Martinez so why not put it to where you got to you know no one's faced each other it's in your playoffs I don't know I'm just. Uh, I'm causing waves and I shouldn't, and I don't mean to be. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't make sense we're, to me. We're, we're asking questions, John, and these it are questions make sense that we'd like. To, these are questions we'd like to be, like, we'd like answered. Because here's the thing: we don't, we're not the media, so we don't go chatting with you know people behind doors, except for the people, and we do. Well, yeah, but we're not. We don't. We don't go seeking them out to be like, hey, you want to do an interview? We don't. We don't do that. We if we run into you at events, then we run into you at events. And we talk to you. That's how this works. So. But um, but yeah. Anyways, okay. So the next fight. Is there any other fights on this card you want to see? Let me see. Let's walk through it, Jen, uh, John. Go ahead. Pick your fight. 
Take my you're phone. not gonna. You're not gonna know any of these guys for the most part. John, I don't know any of these guys. See, I told you. <laughs> Corey Where Hendricks, did the rest of the guys go. Tough dude. He's fighting Hamlet, who was knocked out by Silveira. It's a good matchup, actually. It's a good competitive fight. I think it'll be a uh, a fight that I would watch. But no one, you know, there's nothing behind it or anything like that. I don't know. There's there's just not a lot on that card that you go wow. Yeah, but they're they're bank. I mean, they're probably spent a little bit. Pettis makes good money. Yeah, well, Pettis makes good money. That's why good. when you see Kayla Harrison on the card, there's like there's only two other fights on the whole card. <laughs> hey. They're like, look, we don't even got enough money it's to pay expensive. the undercard. It's just expensive. It's expensive. Kayla Harrison's worth every penny to them though, too. I mean, just being honest. Hey, Pettis, Clawlord, there's a there's a handful of fighters in the PFL. I'm like, I try to watch every single time they fight. Is Ray Cooper, um, um, Magomed Karamov, Pettis, uh, who else? Collard. I like Jeremy Stevenson. I'll watch Jeremy because I like Jeremy. Um, who else is on these? Uh, Lance Palmer. I've been following Bubba a little bit because I like Bubba. I like Bubba. I mean, he's getting better. He's getting better every second. Chris Wade, yeah. obviously. I like Chris, Chris Wade. Been. Hey, Chris and I want to clarify something. It was, remember when I, t- I told you it was, um, they almost caught Islam in a choke, that it was Drew Dober? It was actually Chris Wade. Chris Wade. Chris Wade almost caught him in that army guillotine, and, and Islam kind of flopped to his back and got out and wiggled his way out of there and stuff. It was Chris Wade. Yeah, everyone in the comments let me know. Yeah. They, 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 they <laughs> well, were, I was. You said Dober. I was. I don't think so. Yeah, I thought it was Dober, but you know, all white people look the same. So. Got it. <laughs> hey, see, for, see for PFL. What do you think they're really trying to accomplish? Because it really does just seem like they're just paying big names money, and then they're not. But it, from a marketing standpoint, like they, it doesn't feel like they really push their brand as being like competitive in any means. And I wonder if like that's to do with the fact they're on ESPN and they're not really trying to compete with UFC. But no, it just feels no. like they're not. You know, where Bellator they're... actually looks like competition to in the sport. Uh, PFL just seems like it's there just to exist as an alternative for the audience or as a as an addition for the audience. John, you want to take this one? You want me to take it? Go ahead. I'll, I'll back you up. <laughs> it's or, a, or I'll it's, tear it's, you a apart. it's a it's a tech company type thing. It's a smart cage. They're advertising to, to people. Bingo. Um, yeah, that are in they're, the, they're, in the they're advertising world, a difference. Yeah, we're different. Yep. They, when what they've done is they have they have the smart cage, which is they don't think there's anything smart about it, but they'll they'll <laughs> let you know that the takedowns are good and that that you know this many strikes were thrown. I think I think it's a cool concept if they were using real numbers, but they're not. And so um, that's the only thing. Like I would think of, like the footwork, the speed. They t- they talk about all that stuff. It's it's not. I don't I don't believe from what I heard. It's not real. Like there's there's numbers. Sure, they make it the best they can, but it's no different than the copy strikes you get from boxing or the you know the significant strikes you get from the UFC and Bellator and takedowns and all that stuff. I mean, it's just not accurate. John, look, John did the the one of the fights we did in Seattle. He's like, I've seen this guy get two takedowns. Zero takedowns. He's over yep. two. No, no, no. He's two. He's two and two, buddy. I said I was thinking the same thing. I can't remember what fight it was. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the 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 striking and stats and all that stuff it doesn't matter what organization. It doesn't matter in boxing. It doesn't matter. They're they're not always accurate. So when people bank on the fact that like, oh, he landed a hundred significant strikes, he probably only landed about forty four. And that's all about who's pressing the button. Yeah, that's yeah. true. The, the n- yeah. none of it. Compu strikes, significant strikes, whatever. Smart cage. 
none of it's worth a damn if the guy that or a girl that's pushing that button isn't doing their job correctly or right or you know effectively yeah, they're not paying attention if they're yeah. not paying attention or it's like oh, all this you know like you said in you know up in tacoma i watched two takedowns you, you've I given them none way to go okay? yeah I did you too. just <laughs> proved to me you people are not worth a damn so like a tech company then are they just basically trying to sell are they trying to like put put their tech on display to become become like uh Possibly. you know something worth paying for Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think that tech companies probably bought their way into the PFL a little bit and then helped sponsor it and then what? to show that they they have real time that they can that they can gather information and stats and stuff at real time and then pro and project it onto the screen and show everyone that hey, I got the head strikes, I've got the speed of this punch, I broke you know. And so their stats are shown that way to whatever company may be out there that's looking for something like that. <clears throat> Forever, and then on for, top of it, forever and in fighting, they've been trying to come up with ways of collecting data that makes them people different. And, and this is not just the PFL; this is in boxing. This is everything. You know, they've got sensors that they want to put in gloves that will oh, oh it will it'll demonstrate how hard that punch was. No, it doesn't. No, and that's the problem. You know, and we, and we showed them. You know, I put gloves on with their sensors, and I would hit something just two different ways, same exact power as far as how hard i'm throwing it and they would say yeah but see it's showing a difference no it's not it's it's the way that the glove hits the objects is altering mm -hmm. the way that you know it's saying one's hard one's not or no they're both hard mm -hmm. but your glove is your your sensor is saying one's not when again your information becomes false yeah. so the thing with the pfl is you know every business i don't care what business the UFC, you know, when it first came out, was it for sale? No. Then all of a sudden it did become for sale. And then the person who bought it, you know, were they going to sell it? No. But eventually they did sell it. And then Lorenzo Fertitta had it. And he was never going to sell it, right? Because it was never going to be, you know, for you know public and never going mean, to. All businesses, all businesses. Mm -hmm. The reason you have the business is to build it up and to sell it. Bellator has been sold. You know, they were they were bought. The PFL has switched brands from the World Series of Fighting to the PFL. Yes, they're you know they're trying to create a concept that eventually will sell to someone because someone looks at it and thinks that oh that MMA it's sold for four point two billion, which is stupid. Don't look at the PFL in the way the UFC sold, but they will because they're not really part of the sport, and they're going to see they're different too. They have the smart cage mm -hmm. stuff. So I understand what the PFL is trying to do. But in the end, Josh, it comes down to the fights. And if you're the matchmaker in these fights, you've got to at least look and say, this is a fight that I shouldn't put back together right away, or this is one that I should. And, you know, yeah, or, I, think, or I, th I think you're also going off of how much money someone's making, and maybe that is part of it because I'm, I'm not there as part, as, as part of their finances and knowing it. I don't. I mean, or they, because like you said, you have two people that are undefeated and now they're fighting each other in the semis, Yeah, which I don't understand, which I agree with you. I don't understand. Neither one of us understand that. But then you, if you're going to have it the way you're having it, then you need to have, you need to basically write out like how the NFL does the the, the best team in the record plays the, the, the least team in the record or it's number two, actually, because the first team has a bye. But you know, what, you know what I'm saying? Like the best plays the worst, the best. And then it goes, it works its way down. Like number one plays number two. 
well, whatever. I think they're going off of their point system, yeah. which makes it to where Anthony got. Didn't he get a first round stoppage in his first yeah, fight? Yeah, so. It was six points, fight. and then he loses, but he's got six points, and so. The, but again, who are you fighting? And that makes a difference, and it's the way they match it up and stuff. And I, I don't, I don't know. I maybe, just look what I have. the gap. Maybe shorten the gap of points. It shouldn't be six points. It should be three points and there are four points. You get four points for a first round finish, you know, and then you shorten it. So then it's not such a big gap. As soon as Pettis won that first one and no one else finished, he was already in the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. You know, That's so it. I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a little dangerous. I guess it benefits you to try it. But then you end up with guys like uh, Tofia or whatever was his name. Manfio. Manfio and, and, and OAM. Where they're just okay. If we're out here doing it. We're both in the playoffs. We're just chilling. Okay, but we, they're not both know, in the playoffs, are they? I thought. Oh, I thought. I thought. I thought Matt was. Field was not. Didn't make it. Oh, maybe he didn't. Maybe he was on. Uh, and that was their champion from last year. Yeah, from the year before. See, John, I told you, you guys can get better. Other <laughs> other fighters got better in the process. See, <laughs> new people. Uh, All right, uh, hey, that's gonna wrap up our PFL talk. Let's jump right into the UFC talk. They've got a card this weekend. It's a big step up in competition, though, for our man um, Hill. For uh, Jamal Hills. And this show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag brings you some of the best gambling odds across the world. And we want to thank them for continuing to sponsor this show and bring you guys these odds for all of our, for all of our listeners. Our listeners have made a lot of money off MyBookie.ag using our promo code WayneIn. Use that little QR code right there that Podcast Dave is going to put up for you guys. We want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. If you guys were able to listen to us the last couple of weeks, you guys were able to make a little bit of extra spending cash uh, at mybookie.ag using that promo code Wayne. In. I think it's going to be the speed's going to be a difference. I know that Santos is explosive. I know that he can. He's got powerful hands, but he also likes. He kind of fights scared. I know he's not scared to fight, you guys. Okay, that's not. You guys got to. <laughs> He's got to take into consideration of what I'm saying. Fights cautiously at times. He fights cautiously at times, and he fights off of his back foot, and he allows people to push him around. For someone who has as much power as he has and a fucking big-ass hammer tattooed on his chest, you'd think he'd be the bully. Right? You'd think he would be the hammer and less of, and less of the nail sometimes. I love it. Dude. But well, he does he's have a dog. <clears throat> John, I wouldn't know that, buddy. Well, but, uh, big hammer on his chest, you stupid <laughs> jerk. Uh, I sure. <laughs> John talking about blue chew now. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, uh, Jamal Hill's got the speed. He's got power as well. Yes, he he does. has one of those body types, though, John. That you look at him and go, you don't have power. Yes, he does. He, he's but you know, he, but he does. At times, you look and you people will look at a body style and they'll go, "Our oh, Jamal Hill's athletic. He's fast. He moves well." You can see the balance and the coordination that he has. The guy's an athlete. Now, yeah. Tiago Santos, he's got that Greek god-looking body and stuff with a giant Thor hammer on his chest. But that doesn't make him any faster than Jamal Hill. I don't think he is. Mm, I don't think he is either. I think it matches up pretty well. You know, and right now, confidence-wise going in here, I think Jamal Hill's got a lot of confidence going into this fight. I think he believes in himself. And in one thing he does have, I think he's got a, a reach advantage in this fight, which is going to cause Santos to do exactly what you're talking about. So he becomes a little overly cautious and he doesn't come in. If you go back to Santos's early fights, he used to just go after people. Yeah. 
I mean, crazy, uh, maybe a little bit too fast, but it, that's what made him so fun to watch. And then, you know, that ha- that has slowed down. And I understand why it slowed down as you get into the upper, you know, levels of competition and stuff. But Jamal Hill is going to be there for him. You know, Jamal Hill's the real deal. I, li- I like Jamal Hill. The way I look at it is that Santos swings a little bit wild. He's a little yes. reckless when he does throw. And when he but fights when he throws, he throws hard. Foot, he throws hard. When he fights off of his back foot, he loads up and then throws. Jamal Hill is somebody that is a little more pinpoint accurate with his strikes, and he's got the speed and the reach to get there first. I don't see this working out very well for Santos, yeah. my personal opinion, but it is also a big step up in competition. Main of, Jamal Hill main eventing this fight, fighting someone who has fought, you know, John Jones, fought for titles, been there in the top levels for a while. He's fought all the best guys in this division. Yeah. Jamal Hill just getting to that level right now. That's right. This is his but chance to is- go ahead and... This well, is one of those ones. This is one of those ones where the, the matchmakers are going, "All right, I'm going to give you a chance to prove to me that you know what you're still in this upper level if you're Thiago Santos." And they're saying, "All right, I'm giving you a chance as Jamal Hill to prove to me you deserve to be. You can beat the guys at that level, and you're going to go ahead of them." I understand the matchup; it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. All right, next fight. Well, hold on, Josh. Before we get into the co-main, I do just want to say, for those of you on YouTube that are using the timestamps to jump right to the UFC talk at 45 minutes, um, there was some good conversation in the PFL talk that wasn't just about PFL, about, you know, Josh talked about the rankings, his issues there. He talked Mm -hmm. about the PFL and the tech and um, how, you know, how these companies set themselves up to be sold. So there was a lot of good conversation there that wasn't just PFL. So if you're not interested in the PFL talk, alone make sure you use the timestamps i'm gonna add for the other stuff and for the Mm -hmm. the other good conversation because there was some good stuff in there so just want to get that in there for the people that are only here for the ufc stuff there was a lot of good conversation at the first 45 minutes there the the biggest thing i want everyone to remember um is just hit the the like and subscribe button okay (laughs) if you want to if you want to if you guys want to just scroll through i'm cool with it it is what it is you guys want to scrub through um you're going to find that a lot of people that it's funny because now I read that because I've always read the comments, but people now are getting on the other people about just scrubbing through. They're like, why don't you just watch the whole thing? You fucking casual. And so I love it. I don't have to say anything. I just, I allow, I allow, I allow our fans to, to go ahead and do it now. Our listeners. And I love it. Like our listener, Amanda, there's this listener we have. Her name is Amanda. And so she, <laughs> I can't say anything. So she sticks off. She You're sticks gonna off get you. Josh is going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's gonna be great. You're gonna, gonna smash me. Okay. Yeah, she's gonna smash me. Um. So, anyways, yeah. Uh, the overall card though is gonna be good. I think it's gonna yes. be a good card. You've got um Vicente Luque making his return. That's after a his great loss fight. To Muhammad and you Jeff, Jeff Neal. Neal. That's a great fight. Yeah, I like that fight. Both guys, heavy hands. Jeff Neal more boxing centric as far as you know. Uh, Vicente throws a little bit more in kicks. Vicente will go to the ground more readily than Jeff Neal will. I'm not sure that he's going to end up going to the ground with Jeff as far as being able to take him down, but that's a great matchup. I think those that's going to be fight of the night. I think they're going to stand there and just beat the dog shit out of each other because Luque will do that, and he's done that with fighters in the past. He's had guys like Brian Barbarino, which was one of my... I love that fight. I, it doesn't get the credit it deserves. He will just plant his feet and start throwing and it's not the best thing to do i'm not saying it's the smartest thing to do but 
damn, it's entertaining. And Jeff Neal will definitely do the same thing. So I think this is this is the fight that I'm looking at. That co-main event, I think that's the fight of the night. Yeah, it's kind of <clears throat> it really depends on where Vicente Luque's mind is at. After his last fight, he hadn't lost in a while, coming back and just letting it go, putting that last one behind you, moving on yeah. to the next one. But obviously, a way different style of fight. So he's not yes. he's not so much concerned about the takedown. He's going to stand. He's going to trade. But in the last fight, he was very hesitant. And he was afraid of being taken down. And when he did get taken down, there was no real effort to get back up. He's kind of just hanging out in that position instead of making those efforts to get back up. And that's that's tough when you're talking in a five round fight because yeah. they were the main event and just wasn't it didn't live up to the hype. I think a lot of people expected a lot more f from Vicente Luque, and it didn't deliver. This fight, he's. I don't. I hope he doesn't go out there and try to do too much. Leave himself open. That's one. Two is, how much is it? it is it weighing on his mind? Shit, I was like almost next in line for a title shot, and now I'm pushed to the bottom again. I'm back into number six, number five, number six. I'm being pushed down. There's a lot at stake at every single time you fight, especially for the guys that are in the top ten. And so I want to know what his confidence is going to be like. Is he going to be timid to throw? Is he going to just let it all hang out? Is he going to did that last fight upset him? Is he going to come out and just just put the work on him? And or is he going to fight cautiously because he does, he's afraid to lose again? That's the question. Those are, there's a That's, lot of there's a th lot that of is questions a, to be that answered. That is a good question because if you are afraid of the outcome not going your way, you're not going to do the things at times that are going to get you that win. And so he's got to just be the guy that you've been. I look at it and say, two good wins, he's right back in that picture. Yeah. Now that that's not easy for him to you know go through. That's two wins against two tough people because Jeff Neal, he's a tough dude too. And to get past Jeff Neal is not an easy thing. But that's just the way that, in my opinion, if you're Vicente Luca, you gotta look at it and say, look, I need two good wins. Two good wins and I'm right, I'm right where I want to be. And I think that is exactly, you know, where it is for him. Jeff Neal. He's going to have a couple more. That's that's a little bit tougher and stuff. But Jeff Neal has got to do the same thing as far as he's got to just keep on winning because he's been that guy that got to that point and then lost the fight and dropped down and stuff. So both guys have been there. Both guys know the, the seriousness and the consequences of this fight. That's why I think it's going to be a great one. John, I can't help, I'm looking at the rest of this card, but I can't help look at how in the fuck is Sam Alvey still fighting. Yeah. And the ah. guy he's fighting is not, uh, that's not a good fight for him. Yeah. I had to Mikkel, skip down to it because I was, I was scrolling through it. I'm like, what in the fuck? What are you guys doing? Take, take a look at how many losses in a row. I know. I think it's seven, right? Well, he's got a draw in there. Four, five, six, seven, plus a draw. Yeah. Plus a draw. Yeah. Yeah. I love Sam Alvey. Super good yes. guy, man. As nice a person as you will ever meet in the sport. His whole family, his wife, you know, who's always there with him and stuff. But he's slowed down, and it's made the difference in his ability to, you know, Sam always, although he looked, you know, oh, he's just, you know, this guy with his you know, gimmick of the smiling stuff. Look, he had speed in his hands, and he had power. He doesn't have speed anymore. It's not there. He's been hurt, you know, quite often, and it's taking a toll on him. And against, you know, the guy, Oleksiak, who's, this guy's, a, this guy's a stud standing up, and he likes to, you know, throw hard shots, and he likes to take shots, and Sam cannot take shots with him. 
Uh, obviously, Sam's power, I think, is still there. His ability to deliver that power and get it on target before he gets hit is the problem. And there, who knows? I, I cannot say why. You know, they've kept Sam as long as they have. I know that, you know, first off, he doesn't cost them a ton. He's a good guy and they like him and I don't blame him. And, you know, I like him too. It's just, I would have thought, you know, six losses in a row. Yeah, he would have been done. But yeah. he's not. And he's still there. And so good luck to him, man. I, I hope he does well. I just look at that matchup. That's not a good matchup for him. No. Uh, Augusto's um, Sakai versus Spivak. Augusto Sakai? Yeah, that's Augusto. The, Augusto. You know, Augusto's that guy. He's, you talk about he, do, he doesn't look the part. He's got, you know, his body. Is, it's gotten better because he, he was really heavy at one time in his life. You know, but he's gotten better. But but his skill level, he's, dude, he's got good technique in the stand-up. He's got good, uh, good kicks. His hands are good. He moves well for a big guy, but he's taken some big shots lately, and it's a matter of you can't take those shots. You've got to be smart. No. Stop at a certain point in the fight, biting down and just trading with another big, heavy, strong guy. That's not your way to win. Get away from that. Andre Arlovsky has showed Augusto Sakai exactly what he needs to do to be yep. successful in the heavyweight division with a chin that's been touched a couple of times now, but still get wins. Andre Arlovsky changed who he was as a fighter. He stopped getting into the brawls. You know, and you could you could look at some of it. You know, his fight against Travis Brown. You know, Arlovsky's unbelievable fight. But even with it, he got hurt, dropped. He gets the win, but he's he's even gotten away from that. Now you see Andre. He comes in. He lands a couple shots. He's circling out. He does not just plant his feet and throw. He's picking you apart. He's just consistently putting volume shots on you. Every now and then he might put a big shot on you. That, in my opinion, is the game plan for Augusto Sakai to stay in the heavyweight division of the UFC and get wins. And he can do it against someone like Spivak, who's a big target and pretty flat-footed. He doesn't move real well. He's strong. Don't get into the damn brawl with him. Be the technician. Be the guy that just puts volume on it, and you can get a win. It's funny that you say, like, when you see guys that have – think about guys that we've seen in, in whether it's in MMA, period. They just don't look the part. But they got fast hands. They got good boxing. They got great cardio. I mean, Fedor being one of them. But, I mean, like, I look at Paul, Paul Bonatello. Oh, yeah. Fast jab. He had fast hands. Fast hands looked like a big Teletubby. Just <laughs> wasn't wasn't didn't look fit. Had great cardio. Pushed looked the like pace. A big Teletubby. Teletubby. He was yeah. a big guy, man. That's I mean, why they called him the burrito. And he hated working out. He yeah. he just wanted to spar, hit the bag, and hit mitts. He hated grappling. He didn't, oh, I don't, my back hurts today. I can't really. But he just sparred three rounds. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to hit mitts later tonight. I, I can't yeah. do that cardio. And I'm like, okay, whatever, man. He was that guy. I'm gonna run later tonight. Sure you are, buddy. You're gonna run to the burrito factory. <laughs> Jeez, he's a good this guy. guy. But there's a lot of guys that just didn't look the part. And um, there was that Egyptian guy that fought last weekend on the card. He had Ahmad. a great fight. Yeah, Ahmad, he he 
He didn't look the part, but damn, he was good. He had good cardio. He pushed himself into that. For heavyweights to move that much weight around and have still something left in the gas tank in the third round to really yep. get the win. Yep. He he won the first round dominantly. Yep. And he lost the second round dominantly. He got dominated in the second <laughs> yeah, round. And then in the third round, he put together a great game, game plan and came out and got the win. He was exhausted, but that's what you expect from fighters like through that. It. The carrying all that. He fought his way through it. Great stuff, man. Yeah. And I look at when we talk about people, don't let the don't let the appearance of the body fool you. There's a ton of fighters out there that are fucking savages and they they don't look the part. Yep. I mean, if you really wanted to criticize, look at my boy DC. Yep. You know, at heavyweight, he didn't look great. At 205, he looked, I thought he looked phenomenal at 205, but even then he still had a little bit of a. Wow, are you being nice, man? I tell you, I for a guy nice. that's all yeah. about the body and stuff and the way someone yeah. looks, you know, you got to go back to DC's college days to say, man, he looked phenomenal. Oh, man. <laughs> he did look phenomenal back then. He looked great back then. Yeah. Yeah. He did. yeah no homo either. He just looked, he looked great back then. Yeah. He, I, he has pictures of himself up in the gym, up on his mural wall, like his padded mural wall. Yeah. And I was like, hey, who the hell is that kid? He's like, that's me, fool. That's me. I'm like, oh. Yeah. In college, no, dude, that dude was a stud. You looked at him. Oh. God damn, man. Yep. If K- I mean, if Kale, if Kale Sanderson wasn't there, he would have been a national champ. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. he lost to him. I think, I think I want to say he lost to him twice, maybe just once. But I think it's, r- it's rough when you know, you're that guy that Sox. is in that position where the greatest American wrestler, one of them, you can say John Smith, and a lot of people are going to say Dan Gable, but John Smith really is the guy if you're looking. But Kale Sanderson, unbelievable. The only, you know, the only guy in Division One to ever go undefeated you know, throughout his career. Goes to the Olympics, wins the gold medal, is an unbelievable coach, everything he's done. And you're that number two guy behind him in the same weight class. That was Dan Cormier. You know, yeah. that, that's a rough one. Well, Daniel... Daniel threw out that, remember that comment he said to John Jones, I'm that other kid on the other, other end of the bracket that every time you check to see if my name's there. Well, unfortunately, DC knows that because that was Kale. <laughs> it's yep. like, damn it, you're there. Yep. So it just is a shitty situation to be in, but you know, hey. Um, but the, don't let the bodies fool you guys. You got to tune in, watch those fights, and check out the guys, even if they don't look great. Uh, they, got, they can gunsling. So good stuff. Uh, Lipsky versus uh, Kachera. What's her name? Huh? How do you say her last name? Priscilla Kachera. 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 She's the one they tried to eye gouge, right, at the very end? Yes. Yeek. Yes. See, that's the thing, John. I remember her fights, but I remember her for that. Yeah. Don't do those things. No. That's if you're a young fighter. That's not the way to be remembered. Because she's a tough fighter. She is. Yeah. No, no. She's very she's very talented, by the way. And she's tough. She's very talented. She's Man, she, tough. She's you remember pretty, when yeah. she came into the UFC, who she came in against? No, her first I don't. fight? No. She fought this girl named Valentina Shevchenko. I never yeah. heard of her. Is she any good? Yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah, she's pretty good. <laughs> she's all right. Yeah, she's all she's right. right. Yeah. But no, but um Lipsky though. Lipsky coming off of a loss, I believe. Can you look that up, Dave? Who did she lose to last? She might I might be wrong, but uh, yeah, she didn't she, lose. No, last. she lost. Last one was, was Mandy Bohm, yeah. Just oh, lost. She okay, lost. Okay, okay. so Lipsky. I was thinking of someone else. Uh, anyways, um, Lipsky's trains out of American Top Team, I really believe, right? She's out uh, of that group. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, American no, Top you, Team, you're right. Yeah, American okay. American Top Team. I think she's at ATT. Yeah, because I think I think she's the one that. Uh, Colby Covington was saying, oh, yeah, you know, said, like, she tried to hang out with me, and I told her no. And he said something about her. And then she answered back and talked shit back to him. Colby Covington wishes. 
uh, trilogy fight not making sense because this last fight just was not competitive. And then, of course, everybody wants Shevchenko Nunes 3 because they're the two best in the female um, divisions right now. Mm -hmm. So let's get your thoughts. Well, so my thoughts are... Um, my thoughts are... The fight to make would be would be Cyborg and Nunez, but is she going to go up to forty five? Or yeah, she's going to go back up to forty five. Yeah, she, this this last fight was at thirty five. She's caught, she's obviously she looked phenomenal. She's got the weight down. She looked fantastic. But the, let's not kid ourselves. The fight with Cyborg is not going to happen for a bunch of reasons. Yeah, it's not just because it wasn't it wasn't competitive. It was very competitive in that one round of action. It was back and forth uh, until she got clipped and then she got rocked and the rest of it was history. But Cyborg had, had clipped her as well and hit her pretty damn hard as well. So the two of them were going back and forth in that exchange. And when you have two fighters that are willing to stand and throw and exchange, that shit can happen. Now for him to say that, look, he's not shitting on her. I agree, he's not shitting on her. No. It, it was it was one of those fights where it's in a one round. When you have that much action in one round, that's what's going to happen. Someone's going to get knocked out, and that's the way it goes. In terms of the Nunes fight, I I I, I don't think they should run it back. And we said this last week. I said I think, I think Nunes needs you yeah. Sorry, Pena. Pena. Yeah. I said the Pena fight. I think the, I think there needs to be Pena needs to fight one fight. Whether it's uh, Caitlin Vieira or is it Caitlin Vieira? Yeah, yeah. So whether it's Caitlin Vieira or uh, someone else, she needs to fight one more fight and then you know make some adjustments, get a win, get her confidence up, do whatever. She doesn't lack in confidence, we know that. No. But I'm saying just to get her mind right, to, to give her a chance to 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 focus on. Okay, look, let me get somebody else on my mind. I've had you on my mind for the last six months. Let me get somebody else on my mind. Get a win. Come back. Refocus on you. That's that sounds fair to me. And then also too, when we're talking about rematches, Amanda Nunes has proven herself in both weight classes. She deserved the automatic rematch in the way that that fight went down. She made some tweaks and she came back and proved she deserved the automatic rematch. Uh, Juliana Pena, that fight because she proved that she's a dog. She proved that she's going to continue to be a fighter. She proved all those things, but we already knew that about her. But she needs to prove to get better in certain in some areas to beat to beat Nunez. She needs to prove that she can wrestle better. She needs to prove that like she, sure she got great attacks off of her back, but she needs to try to get on top. She needs she, we already she proved that she can stand and she can trade, but she also proved that she's got a granite chin, and like you can't rely on that chin for the rest of your career. So she's got to make those changes defensively. And everyone I saw people commenting on the bottom when I was reading. Oh no, Amanda changed Southpaw because because it got rid of uh Pena's jab. No, no, no. You don't know that. That's one thing. I don't know that either, by the way. I said that I thought she changed Southpaw because it took away the wrestling because a lot of wrestlers aren't used to fighting one direction and wrestling the other way. You see a lot of top-level wrestlers, they'll switch their stance cuz they shoot with their right leg foot. If you notice that Juliana had no concept of really shooting on a Southpaw. She was really just punching her way into the clinch. And so you could say a bunch of things, but you don't know and I don't know. And that's kind of that's kind of how this is all going to work out. I've got the microphone, so I got the louder voice, so I'm going to say what I want to say. And that's <laughs> that's that's what comics do when they're on stage and someone starts to heckle them. I really believe let's just say it was to get rid of the jab, whatever the game plan was. Amanda Nunes game plan worked fantastically and Pena doesn't deserve the, the automatic title shot. Now, in terms of Shevchenko, sign me up. I want to see it all day long. But if she, if, if Amanda Nunes comes out and fights her the way that she fought Pena, Shevchenko's got her hands full. 
very she got her hands full. I I would have had Shevchenko beaten Amanda Nunes, the one that Juliana Pena beat, not this one. That motivation, John, that little thing just yeah. trickled up in there, man. Little thing trickled up in there because look, Nunes got two wins over Shevchenko. Whether That's you right. think they're split decisions, whether they were close or not, whether you thought someone should have won or not, still two wins. She's already proven Nunez that proven that she that she sometimes will just okay, I got this. She just proved that one fight ago. And now she's like, Oh, I don't have this. I gotta gotta I start have to that work fire at this. a little bit. Yeah. I have to work at this. She may not be that way again with Shevchenko because she's got two wins over her. Ah, whatever. If I lose to her, I can just fight her again. You never know. You never know how fighters think. All right, I'm gonna go with I do not think that Dana is shitting on Cyborg. Yeah. He doesn't have her under contract, so it's not even a fight that he can make, so why am I going to yeah. even talk about it? It doesn't make sense as far as I can't do it, so you know, that, that's not part of the conversation. Is it a rematch that should take place? Yes. I think it would be a great rematch. And if Cyborg was still signed by the UFC, I guarantee you that that rematch either would take place or would have already. That's just, it's a fight that people, they like to see. They know powers in both, uh, women both you know, in their hands have power. There's going to be an explosive ending, be it Cyborg going down or Amanda going down. So, but Dana can't make that fight. So why is he going to talk about it? When you take a look at the Pena situation, I understand what you're saying. And I think, I think you're right. Based upon the last performance here, I thought, I thought Juliana proved so many things as far as how tough she is and everything, but you can't get beat basically every round of a five round fight and think that you're going to get an automatic rematch when this was your first title defense. The Shevchenko fight, although if you sit there and you go off of Dana and say, oh, you know, dominate, well, I've got one fighter that's got two wins and one fighter that's got zero wins, but that fight makes sense. That fight is one that you need to see. Shevchenko against Amanda, I think you're right. You know, based upon Shevchenko's last performance and Amanda's last performance, I think Amanda ends up right now. She's she'd be the favorite in the fight. She'd be the one getting the win. But anything can happen, and it could be. It's all about motivation and and where someone's mind's at and where they are that day. Shevchenko is good enough; she can beat anyone. Amanda is good enough that she can beat anyone. It's just who whose night is it that night? Who's going to perform the best? Who's going to have the best game plan? Who's going to be able to implement that game plan the best? So Cyborg's out of the equation for Amanda News. She, she's with a different promotion unless the UFC re-signs her. If they re-sign her, you will see her against Nunez. Well, see, I, I, so <clears throat> it's not out of it's not out of the question. It's just it's up to Dana White because Scott yeah. Coker's already said he's made it very clear. It's out of the it, question because if there, she's not yeah. under contract, John. the UFC is not. They've got it. They've got a basic thing. We will not use someone who's not under contract to us. Why are they going to put a fighter in a position to win their belt when they don't have her under contract? They're not going to do that. John, never say never. Okay. Never. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> All right, next. All right, next story. Uh, Dan Hooker is calling out Tony Ferguson. What do you guys think about that fight? I like that. I like that fight I lot. think that's a good fight for both. I think that's a good fight for Tony. I think it's a good fight for Dan Hooker. I like the call out. I'll smash your face in. Not too sure about that. I think it would be a really good fight. I think that's a great matchup in the 
yes, Tony got knocked out in his last fight, and it was you know knocked out in a big way. But he was actually doing well at moments in that fight, and I think that he matches up very well with Dan Hooker. I think he could submit Dan Hooker if he ends up in the top position on the ground or anything like that. He's got the ability to hurt Dan Hooker. We've seen Dan Hooker hurt. Dan Hooker has the ability to get in and and light Tony up. I think it's a great matchup. I would love to see it. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. I think both of them, I think it's a fantastic fight. Both are tall, long, and lengthy. I'm getting a lot of flack. I haven't been saying that lately, so guess what? These two delivered. These two delivered. Don't bring that back. Tall, long, and lanky, baby. Tall, long, and lanky. You stole that from um, Dominic Cruz. Shut your fucking (laughs) mouth right now. Uh, I didn't even want to call you a whore mouth. I just wanted to tell you to shut your fucking mouth. Which tells me you're more serious than if you said Yeah, yeah. Um, Yes. I think it's a great fight. I agree with you 100% on how this thing gets done. If if Tony Ferguson gets the fight to the ground, there's a good chance he can sub him. Yep. Darces, anacondas, uh, ankle locks, all those things, arm bars, triangles. I mean, he's got all the tools on the ground to get this thing done, Kimura's at all. But I would look at this fight, and Dan Hooker on the feet possesses the power and possesses all those skills to, to knock him out as well, given Tony's last fight. Now, like you said, it happens, man. You fight long enough, these things fucking happen. And when you fight the best guys, like he's been fighting for the longest time, it's going to happen. Look at the list of guys that Tony has fought in his last. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not Come bring on. up the list. Okay, let's move on. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. My my boy trying to throw me under over here. Look at the no, list. No, oh, look, no, there's Josh's no, no. name right there in the middle. I was not talking about his wins. I was talking about his, like, he's got a string of losses. He's, but let's take a look at those who he's facing. Yeah. Justin Gaethje. Right, freaking Charles Oliveira, you know, mm-hmm. Benil, and then Michael Chandler. Look, he's he ain't getting any easy fights. No, no, he's not. Good stuff. All right, let's uh, let's go. What's next, there, Dave? All right, last thing we're gonna wrap up on is um, Shane Burgos, and uh, he is about to put his toes into some free agency. Um. There was comments from Dana White recently that he said he would love to re-sign him type of guy. He loves to sign, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Shane Burgos obviously you know, is now interested in what the paycheck looks like. I, I've said it. I can't, I can't say it enough. <laughs> How many times guys. do you have to say it? Shane Burgos Look, would be a fool not to test what's out yep. there. doesn't mean that he can't go back to the UFC. Yep. But you're going to find out what your value is and is the UFC putting you in that same evaluation of what other people will and what is it you're fighting for you're fighting for money hello let's not forget that let's not forget that um i wish here's the thing notice how dana is handling this in comparison to nate the reason no the reason being is that he knows that he knows that nate is kind of getting older kind of aging out and wants and 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 nate wants out and doesn't want to, have to deal with the headaches. Shane's gonna keep fighting, but Shane's. I, I, Dave, can you pull out, how, pull up how old Shane is. I can't see the 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 TV part is gone. I don't know why. Um, but just tell me what it is. It, he um, I don't. I think I want to say he's twenty nine. Maybe he's thirty one. I can't remember. But as Shane Burgos, he's 
Got, he's got plenty 31. of time still left on. He's 31. He's got plenty of time. He's in his prime. 31, 32, 33. This is the time he should be making the most money on any contract. Yep. Fighters got to start looking at their contracts in terms of how kind of how the NFL does it a little bit with, with, with players. Look, the running back, they peak at like ages 26, 26, 27. Then no one wants to sign a 30 year old running back. That it's, that's kind of how you got to look at fighting. That twenty, that twenty-seven to thirty-two, that is your prime to make as much money as you can, and that those are the prime years of you fighting the best guys. It should be the time for you fighting the best guys or females. And so, if that's the case, your contracts you should be making the most money between the ages of twenty-seven to thirty-two, thirty-three, somewhere in there. Before and the after is the before is your workup, like Aspinall was doing, and then your after is. What legacy you've built during that time and if you can still continue to piggyback off of all the hard work that you've done in that prime ages of 27 to 32. Young fighters, man, just go out and test the market. Dana White, look at how he's handling him. He's treating him a little bit with respect. I'd love to resign him. I'd like to do this. With Nate, I can't even fucking talk to the guy. Can't have a car, which is probably true. But it's like I can't even talk <laughs> yeah. to the guy. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? He wants to fight at Francis Ngannou. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do? Dana got the fight he wanted. He's fighting Chemayev, da da da, and he moves on. Okay, that's that's Nate. Nate's out the door. But other fighters, if you guys all continue to do what Shane Burgos is doing, you're gonna all make. You're gonna help make everybody else more money. That's one. Two is you're gonna optimize how much money you make. And three is sure you may end up in another promotion, but Anthony Johnson's already proved that you can go to another promotion and come back and make triple what you were making. AJ was cut from the UFC for not making weight. He went to the World Series of Fighting. Fought at heavyweight, just said in there, I never want to fight for your title. Didn't fight for his title, came back, UFC signed him for tri more than triple than yeah. what he was making. He crushed it on the comeback. He got settled in at heavyweight in, in 205, then he came back over, and he understood he could make 205 and fight at a competitive level. That was perfect for him. He had great fights over there. He made a ton of fucking money, ton of money. Okay, and now now he's with the Bellator. He's going through some issues, uh, some health concerns. But he can go from promotion to promotion, make a lot of money. Some of you fighters, you guys, there's nothing that says once you go to Bellator, once you go to PFL, you can't come back. Oh no, you're gonna go like do your four fights, sign four fight deals during these times where you feel like you're the best fighter in the world. Sign short term deals. Don't sign long term deals, and structure your money to be the best. To make as much money as you can. And when you have UFC versus Bellator, Bellator versus PFL, and PFL versus UFC and one and all these other companies, there it's you're gonna go to the highest bidder. And and no one ever says, and that's where people think that you can't come back. Oh no, you can come back if you keep winning. That's the thing. You gotta keep winning. And that's where I think people get concerned. Oh, if I lose in the UFC, at least I'm losing in this organization. Doesn't make a difference. Doesn't matter if you win in, and Anthony proved it. If you win in, in PFL or World Series of Fighting, you'll come back to the UFC and you'll make a killing. Then when he was, when he was fighting in the UFC, he went over to, he went over to Bellator. He's making a freaking killing or he made a killing for his fight. A killing. He's going to keep making it if he makes a comeback. It's there. Check the, check the, um, be a free agent every single time. Be a free, be a free agent. agent. Yeah. Yeah. Just to check what your value is. You know, who uh, I'm trying to think of, um, is it Tomas Stolik? I can't think. Fights at KSW. He was their 
Um, middleweight, just beat uh, Kaladov. What's his name? He just signed with one. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of his I'm screwing up his name. He's really a good fighter. Tough dude. Okay. He, um, we were, we, you and I were both talking to him in Ireland. And I was talking about, hey, you know, look, because he wanted to go to the UFC. And I said, I don't blame you. And if that's your main thing is, you just have to fight for that company. I said, then, then do it. I said, but understand, they're going to devalue you going in, you know, and uh, your value is more than what they're going to give you, but you have to be willing to accept that if, if you're saying that's the company that I have to fight for. I said, sign a short contract, get those wins, and then they'll re-sign you for more money. I mm -hmm. said, or you can go to someone else that's going to sign you for a lot of money right now and you don't care about, and what did he do? He just went and signed with 1FC, making a ton of money. He decided, like we said, you're a prize fighter, dude. Is, is, is it about the, the initials out there or the company, or is it about you putting money in the bank and taking care of your family? And that's what he decided to do. And he just last week signed with one and, and said it was for a lot of money. Dave, see if you can pull that up real quick. I don't know if... Um, What's his name? Stolik? I don't want to say Stolik. Um, you can One go to signing. He was with yeah. KSW. Uh, KSW I'm champion signs with one. You could say something like that. Well, here, here look. So, but, to, but here's the thing, John. I'm gonna throw a little wrench in there because mm -hmm. one, the issue with one is that they don't fight you enough. So he signed a four fight deal. It could take him four years. I don't know that's if he signed. I don't. Time. I don't know what. I don't know what. Yeah, I, I understand signed. what you're saying, but that's <clears throat> the problem. I think when when I talk about other organizations, I I always try to include one. But when it comes to the contract stuff, I don't include them. Yeah, because they don't have as many fights. They're not as active now. I know that they just signed a deal with uh, uh, Amazon Prime to show. I think six or seven shows on Amazon Prime. Congratulations to them. Um, but in that being said, how many, like, are they going to use all their fighters? Because I've noticed that how much someone makes on that card, the rest of the card is, there's sometimes there's only five, six fights on the card because whoever makes the most money, if there's like three or four fighters, you got Eddie Alvarez and DJ on there with Morales and those guys, bro, there, there's a lot of money on one card. Then there's only five fights. There's six fights. They don't have a stack card of 13, 14 fights. So, how often are you really fighting? That's the thing. So there needs to be a time frame with them. And sometimes there's not. I've found a lot of fighters go over there and go, Hey, sure. I'm making a ton of money. And some of them even get monthly stipends. You know, they're making, you know, 10 yeah. grand, 15 grand, you know, they're making five to 10 grand a month just to sit at home, not do anything. You know, I mean, train, obviously you're, you're supposed to be training, but <laughs> so. be. Dave, did you find that? And uh, no, I can't, I can't find the spelling of the guy's name. Um, okay. I search like, S T O I L L I C and L I K. Yes, and just that's what it is. No, yeah. it is S T O L I C. I believe signing with one. Yeah, yeah, with one championship. One cha one FC. Dave, do you even watch the sport? God damn it! Jesus, no. I mean, I, I searched them. <laughs> I said, it seems like your brain's Roberto, brain's a little Roberto after Soldic. Soldic. That's Soldic. It. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Roberto Soldic. Ah, so I can't spell. Well, <laughs> no, ah, me, I'm though. glad he finally admitted it on the podcast. All right, <laughs> uh, from MMA fighting Roberto Soldic parsways with KSW signs with one championship. Yep. <laughs> the, look, 
Does, you, does it say anything in there? M- Josh, you, fight deal you see, or as soon pay? as you see him, you'll know you've seen him Got fight. It. The dude's a stud. Yeah. 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 And, uh, um, yeah, but this is and welterweight. Oh, he was in those divisions. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll read through this and I'll, I'll report mm. on. Okay. All uh, right. Well, hey, let's. Uh, so, so let, let's maybe just quote off. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So his quote is: um, "I chose one because it's the biggest martial arts promotion in the world. They give me opportunity <laughs> to take all the belts: kickboxing world champion, Muay Thai world champion, MMA world champion, also boxing world champion. So this makes." me something new um i want to create something for my people for my own legacy so i chose one for sure after i went to singapore and i saw the atmosphere with mr chatry um how chatry. How, how he treats uh, the fighters relationships and he gave me the best offer he said to me you can be a unique fighter and i will give you the chance to make a different to make sorry to take different belts from the combat sports um so I do all sports. I want to do something different. I want to hold the belts from all combat sports. Nobody has done this before, so this is for me the best right, challenge. All right, we got it. We got it. We got it. Wait, so he wants to do all the different sports? Yeah, and he's right. One, he is right. That's well, the one thing about one that they offer. They offer kickboxing. They offer. I haven't seen them offer boxing, but I've seen kickboxing. No. I've seen kickboxing. I've seen MMA kickboxing. I've seen real kickboxing. I've seen, but it's all done in the cage. I think it's brilliant. Um, they do the MMA fights as well. They they, they fights. do a good job. Yeah, they, he has options. That's that's the one thing I can say about that. Uh, he has options. Now he was talking about Chatri and the relationship he has with the fighters and stuff. Chatri's a good guy. I mean, like I'm, I've heard a lot of things, you know, in the backdoor dealings and stuff. Oh, whoops! What'd you do? Oh, I unplugged this. <laughs> Don't mind me. Don't mind me at all. Just you know, I mean, I've I've heard a lot of uh, things. People talking that having having bad experiences with him i've never had anything of such he's been a great person every time i've talked to him he's been very great i worked for one for a while uh fantastic promotion um how do you say his last name the guy who just signed uh Spiv- Soldic. uh Soldic. he probably got skewed because i've called plenty of fights in their arena there in singapore he probably they they wine and dined him then because if they brought him out for that show that's the that's the only show that does 15,000 seat arena and, and just sells out every single time. It's always packed. It's always a great show. It's fantastic when you go watch the fights there. Love that. They do it again in Manila, but there's only a certain amount of promotion. There's only a certain amount of uh, locations that they go that they sell out. Manila being one, Singapore being one, but some of the other promote some of the other areas they go, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit scarce. But the fights are fucking great, man. They're fantastic. And he is right. He has an opportunity to fight kickboxing. He's got an opportunity to fight kickboxing with MMA gloves. He's got an opportunity to fight MMA. He can fight everything. John and I are against that. I, I can tell by the way your face is. And I've, we've said this. Dedicate yourself to one. Become the champion in that. And now then go dedicate yourself to something else. That's fine. Win, win the title there first at MMA or kickboxing or whatever it is you want to do. Yep. Don't try and do everything at once. You'll end up doing everything half-ass. Don't do that. So that's not a way. That's here. That that's the other thing. That's not a way to keep winning and then go ahead and go to the UFC and Bellator and be like, "Hey, I want more money, dude. You just got knocked out in kickboxing. Yep. I can't pay you that. Like you're signed with the you're signed with the MMA promotion. Sure, you're fighting kickboxing in it. Doesn't matter. You just got knocked out. Nope. Winning only. That's all we want. Winning only. That's 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 gonna be their take on it. Yeah. So be careful. Be careful. 
Ah, all right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up all of our talk today. We talked about news. We talked about the fight cards coming up this weekend. Make sure you guys tune into the PFL, which I believe is on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. And then Saturday night is the UFC. Saturday, is it day or night? Saturday. Let's just say Saturday. All right, guys, I want to thank you guys so much. And uh, John, take us away. All right, I want to say, sorry, this went in all kinds of different directions, but sometimes that's what makes it, it fun. Did. So. Let's just hope that Josh can unplug his headset one more time before no. we finish. We will see I knocked see my you. iPad off the table earlier, too. <laughs> Later. Amateur. Amateur.